Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Sunny days seem to hurt the most I wear the pain like a heavy coat I feel you everywhere I go I see your smile, I see your face I hear you laughing in the rain I still can't believe you're gone It ain't fair you died too like the story that hadn't just begun But death tore the pages all away God knows how I miss you All the hell that I've been through Just know no one could take your place Sometimes I wonder who you'd be today Good evening, good afternoon and welcome to Clear and Convincing the show that looks at criminal cases from the perspective of the courts not the court of public opinion We're Lisa O'Brien podcasting from New Orleans, Louisiana and Michael Carnahan podcasting from Little Rock, Arkansas To commemorate Stacy Lee Stites' 43rd birthday we're talking to Carol Stites Crystal Dobbs-Hefley, and Deborah Oliver, Stacy's mother and two of her sisters. For 22 years, people who barely knew Stacy or who didn't know her at all have been talking about her in the media and on social media. Today, we're talking to the three people who knew Stacy better than anyone. We'll learn about Stacy's family, her childhood and adolescence, and the life-changing events that brought her from Corpus Christi to Central Texas. And good afternoon, Miss Carol and Crystal and Deborah. How are y'all today? We're doing just yeah. good. Good. And Michael? I'm doing wonderful. I wish it would stop raining, but you know, hey, such is life in January mm-hmm. in Arkansas. It's in Louisiana and Texas on, as well. So... um. So thank you, uh, thank you again for joining us this afternoon to talk about Stacy. Uh, just a preface for anybody who listens: this isn't about the case. This is about Stacy. So on that note, Miss um, Carol, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family background, 
where you're from, right. where you grew up. Corpus Christi, Corpus Christi, Corpus Christi, Texas. <laughs> I'm born here, raised here, married here, and I'll eventually I'll die here. So, yeah. Okay. Pardon? A born and bred Texan. Born and bred Texan. Yes. All right. And um, you know Stacy's dad now. Oh yes, I'm from Louisiana. I I know. I lived in Texas for a while. Um, but being from Louisiana was never quite accepted as one of the tribe. Yeah. I've tried to get <laughs> out of here several years, but it just keeps bringing me back home. So I've mm-hmm. moved away about four times, and I end up back here all the time. So Right. I've, same thing with New Orleans. I've moved to Texas, moved to Memphis, and I'm right back. Yeah. So. When you try to get away sometimes, there's no place like home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. definitely. But my family's been here in my, uh... anyway, uh, I was born and bred, and I've lived here basically most of my life. And then Stacy's dad, Herbert Stites, um, now he was originally from Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, Kansas City, Missouri. And how did he end up in Texas? Well, from the time he was 13 years old, he kept running away from Kansas City to come down here to go fishing. And finally, his mother got tired of coming after him, and she moved down here. Okay. All right. He was born in the 30s. People just did stuff back in the 30s. more and his aunt and uncle lived here in Corpus and his mother would be missing him some days and she would wait a day or two and she'd call her brother down here and did Herb show up yet? And he says, Yeah, he got here yesterday and so that's the way he ended up in Texas and uh, he loved to fish, he loved Padre Island. And, and I met him through where and- I work and Now, did he fish uh, as a as a career, or was that just mm-hmm. fishing as a hobby? Just fishing as a hobby, but he would spend twenty four seven on a beach fishing if he could. So then he got responsibilities, and we would go out and spend two or three days or a week out at Padre Island just camping and fishing. So uh-huh. uh huh, he was his heart was fishing. Yeah. And what did he do for for a living? He was a Padre Island uh, National Seashores Ranger. Okay. He worked for the well, National Park. Okay. Well, that's that is an interesting, very interesting career. And then, what did you do when you worked? Well, I was a babysitter. And I was a jack-of-all-trades and master of none, and I ended up that way. I did babysitting for 52 years. Okay. And when well, I there's wasn't nothing wrong with that. 
And when I wasn't babysitting, I was doing home health care because the mentality is not that different. Right, right. You know, that's, I mean, you know, somebody who loves your kids taking care of them is the best, is the best thing for them when you can't. So, um, people that I go to church with that I help raise them through their moms working and they got married and now their kids are at the same church in our rainbow school. So, mm, I've had 30 some odd years of, uh, Raising kids just at that one church. Right. That's uh, like I said. That's a a great a great thing. And I don't. And then I, I told you I did a and, little bit of everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> and making ends meet. I'm a human provider and a dog provider, and a cat provider. So. All right, and then uh, Stacy's uh, brother and sisters. Um, if you can tell me a little bit about um, your son and Brenda, and then we'll let Crystal and and Deborah. Well, Clifford was a case like my mother. He was bipolar, and uh, anyway, he had a rough life. And uh, he couldn't handle his sister being killed, and there wasn't nothing he could do. He was up at uh, Bastrop with us, not Bastrop, uh, Giddings, just about a week before she died, or maybe two weeks. And he and her went around to bridal shops and floor shops and looked at uh, stands and stuff like that for her shower and her marriage Mm -hmm. and everything. And uh, he was up there. I'm sure two weeks, and he came back home, and then not too long after that, Stacy died, and he just never could get over the fact that he didn't, he wasn't there when she needed him, and um, like right. I said, he did have problems, and uh, he just couldn't handle life anymore. I'm so sorry. Well, uh, it. It's uh, yeah. There's not much you can do. <laughs> I understand that. It's, yeah. you know, I, 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 um, I, I knew, but um, still hearing the the full story is is just mm-hmm. left me speechless. Which, which Michael can tell you doesn't happen often. Well, Stacy and I ended up in East Texas because we were living in Carpus, and her daddy had died in 90, and problems came along with her, and we moved out of Carpus, and we moved to Smithville, and she had a little girl, and we adopted it to my best friends. Her dad and uh, her adoptive parents were my best friends at, uh, where I went to church, and mm-hmm. we wanted the baby, Stacy wanted them to have a baby, so uh, it always upset her that she gave the baby away. She never did get over that, but she knew the baby had a better chance of life. And that baby had right. a good life. And, and right. uh, anyway, that's why, how we ended up up that way. So. 
Right. And that is, it's, that's a hard decision to make. Yep. And she did it. And, and I understand she had trouble with it and everything like that. But uh, she knew the baby had a better chance at life, knowing the people that we adopted the baby to. So. Mm-hmm. And they she just, was she was part of the baby's life. Yeah. And no. Able to be well, part of the baby's a, life to a degree. The baby's mother, birth, uh, adoptive mother came to us and she talked to us about them trying to get a couple of babies. And at the last minute, the mothers would back out and they put thousands and thousands of dollars out on trying to get a baby. And Stacy knew uh, the Clarks from way back when. So she knew Debbie and she knew Steve and she knew that they would be good parents and she loved Debbie and Steve. And that's what made the whole thing possible, that there was a great love between the two families. Mm-hmm. No. Anyway, so we never had any problems. And uh, the baby's name was Demi Yvette when Stacy was carrying her. When we talked to her, we would call her Demi Yvette. And that's what uh, her mother named it. So. That's awesome. That is really awesome. Yeah. So, and then your daughter Brenda. She is. You killed Bill. <laughs> so Brenda is the um, second oldest, and she um, still lives here locally. Okay. All right, and then. Um, Crystal, if you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you as well. I am Crystal Dobbs Hesley, and I'm the oldest of sister of Stacy Seitz. I lived in Corpus the majority of my life and have been a realtor for 33 years. Okay. And then um, Deborah? And so I'm Deborah. I'm the Stacy and I are three and a half years apart. So I was uh, the fourth out of five. Um, and Stacy was the baby. Um, so I'm a pharmacist. I uh, I grew up in in Corpus and graduated from here. Went got my undergraduate degree from here, um, and now live in the Central Texas area. Okay. All right. And so summers, what were some of the things that you all did as kids with Stacy? Uh, summers at your grandparents' houses, camp, growing up, what was, what was the routine? Was there a routine? Um, summers when we were younger, we, we didn't um, really visit our grandmother very much. Um, mostly we would just stay at home. My mom, since my mom watched all the kids um, and was a stay-at-home mom most of the time, uh, we didn't have to go to daycare or anything. But we did go to um, summer camp. Uh, the church always had a, a week-long summer camp that was um, always something that 
we participated in. Okay. And were y'all in city corpus or were you out in the country or? Um, we mostly grew up in the Corpus Christi area. Okay. Or suburbs or city proper? It was the city proper. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm from the suburbs of New Orleans. I don't live in New Well, I've lived uptown for a while, but yeah. <laughs> so I'm from the suburbs. And then um, what about Stacy in school? What did elementary school, did she have favorite subjects? Did she have favorite teachers? She was did she have that unfortunate younger child experience of you're not like your sister? <laughs> um, definitely we're very, we're very different. So um, school was much easier for me than it was for her. So uh, I, I was... I was good at school, and she was good at sports, which I was not good at. Um, and then, uh, for a little while, but before we moved back to Corpus, we lived um, closer to the central Texas area again. Um, and uh, she, we went, lived in Yorktown for a little while, and she was Little Miss runner-up for Little Miss Yorktown one time. Oh, really? Yeah. How old was she? Yeah, probably about seven. Okay. And was that just that was that something she was interested in? Was well, that that type of pageant and I I don't think that she social. was it wasn't really a pageant thing, but she definitely was always outgoing and, and had a great little personality. She was And then what about middle school and junior high? Um, by middle school, we, we had moved back to Corpus, um, and we actually both went to Haas, junior high. And then she went to mm-hmm. King, also where I moved from. So we went to the same junior high and high school. But we were far enough apart that one of us would leave and the other one would come in. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then what sports did she uh... – what sports did she play for in school? She she played um, basketball, volleyball, um, track. I actually um, found her uh, senior memories book, and uh, she has some photos in there from where they were in the paper. You know when they. We live in a small town. high school game, so pictures of her uh, making a shot, that kind of thing. Okay. And then, what were her? If she had any favorite subjects in school? Shop. <laughs> Shop. Um, <laughs> yeah. Of course, she loved PE. Yeah. Um, PE. So she was an active. Yeah, and active do she made a got to be doing table. something. Yeah, she would oh, made a picnic right. table, and that was the best picnic table. And her shop teacher told her that she could get a job anywhere she wanted for about fifteen or twenty dollars. 
an hour doing welding. And uh, I was very surprised. I gave the picnic table to Brenda and um, it vanished over the years. But, um, anyway, but yeah, she made a picnic table for a shop and I think she won a prize on it or something of ribbon. So. All right. So well, she could. She was uh, not only that handy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, when she started working for HEB, she was a carry out for a couple of weeks around there. And then all of a sudden they had her on a cashier and she cashiered. And then when her and Jimmy decided that if they wanted to get married, she went to the produce department because she made 50 cents more an hour working produce. And mm-hmm. that's how she ended up going to work so early in the morning was that it uh, increased her thing. And she had a, a wedding dress on layaway at one of the shops there, and she had jewelry. And we went out and got her shoes and stuff like that. So uh, we were getting things ready for her wedding. And um, Right. And then, of course, she was, uh, you know, everything I've read, Stacy was an outgoing, yep, outspoken young lady. Yeah, yeah. She ne- never she, met a stranger, and never met a stranger. Yeah, yeah. She's like her um, So, who are some of her her friends in uh, in school? Did they stay friends from kindergarten through, you know, adulthood, oh. or or did they? Did she kind of? have a best friend with about six or seven of her schoolmates that she was uh, going to school with in Smithville, Kathy Mm -hmm. uh, Vossett and Sherry Holder and uh, uh, Jamie Dreyer. And there's some more, but I can't think of their names right now. But yeah, I stayed in contact with all those girls over the years. They've never forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, and I, like I said, I found this little senior book. She's talking about um, her friend Sherry and that she was like a little sister to her, and they were always there for each other and um, how she was fun. And they had a, apparently a, a little gang of, of people that hung out together. It says um, Mama Carol, Jamie, Misty, David, Shaw, Mike, Carrie, James, and, and Robert. <laughs> so I guess uh, <laughs> in Smithville they had a little, little group together. Yeah. So. yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> and then um, Stacy's personality, of course, is outgoing and uh, and outspoken. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, was there any like music that she liked or country? <laughs> so it says um, country and rock. Rock. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She- She's got a book here she's reading out of. Yeah, she she was pretty um Stacy was always really easygoing and uh like and laid back. Yeah, so she probably, you know, this is what we're listening to this year. Right. Right. And then hobbies, of course, we've established she was good with her hands, very handy. Yeah, Lisa, this story comes to mind that I wanted to tell you about is when we lived in Smithville, we lived right across the street from 7-Eleven, and that was the hangout for a lot of people there in Smithville was a 7-Eleven, 
And some night she didn't come home, and I'd call the police department. I'd say, y'all seen Stacy? they say, yeah, she's over there, so-and-so. We just seen her on the highway, and I'd call uh, another one, and they'd say, yeah, she just got to 7-Eleven. So everywhere Stacy went in Smithville, the police department knew where she was and what she was doing and everything like that. And they would tell me, don't worry, Miss Sykes, we're keeping an eye on her. And uh, I never worried about her when you lived in Smithville because all the police force and she worked for some of the uh, guys on the police force. She was very uh, officer oriented. And uh, that's how she ended up dating Jimmy was that he was going to uh, officer school or to become an officer. And he met her at her senior graduation and mm-hmm. they got it together. And, uh, uh, after a little bit, well, uh, things happened. And they wanted to move in with each other and be in who it was. Well, I'm here, so <laughs> I'm here. I'm yeah. waiting in the background. I live in a little town like that right now. That every everybody knows everyone. So. Yeah, everybody's business. Right. I never had to worry about her in Smithfield. And she always worked. I mean. Yes, she, she always helped. Did a job. Uh, she worked at uh, oh, I can't remember this grocery store there in Smithville. Uh, it's uh, Brothers or the Brookshire Brothers. Brookshire Brothers. Yeah, her senior year she worked for Brookshire Brothers, and then she went to that car place when she graduated and oh, delivered cars to people. Uh, she'd take them from um, Bastrop to Austin and be over there and uh, come back with a car and take the car. And she was a driver um, for them. And mm-hmm. then the opening came with HEBs, and she switched over to HEBs. But the kids always worked all of her life. Right. And part of that was helping and you after her dad died. She's very dependable. Right. I don't know if the guy that... that uh, auto shop is still there, but they love Stacy, and um, I never met anybody that didn't love Stacy. The police force over there in Bastrop was always going around and coming around, and then when we moved to Giddings, well, it was the same thing. The police force was there. So. She was very all right, right. And she said she worked for police officers, I'm guessing, babysitting and yes. – um, yes. yeah. All right. And then um, – so we've kind of covered the teen years as well and uh, actually early adulthood because we talked about Brookshire and her meeting Jimmy and moving uh, to Giddings. Um, well, I what was her relationship? I'm sorry. What was her relationship like with you as an adult after she turned 18? Respectful. I was telling Deborah that she wanted to do things right, and she respected me, and she had a lot of respect for me, and, and Jimmy did too. 
And uh, I, I think because she was the baby and was the last one in the house, they probably were closer than yes. the rest of us because it's just the two of them, you know. Right, right. And uh, you all had started college and moved on uh, by the time her dad died. So yes. it was just her and your mom. Right, right. From 1990. And how did that affect Stacy? Well, she was a teenager without a father, and uh, it affected her like any. Well, my daddy died when I was 10 years old. I've never had a father. So Mm -hmm. uh, she had a father till she was 12 or 13 years old. And I have never got over not having a father because it's that male influence that you uh, have. And uh, I think she missed the love that he showed her. He used to get up as sick as he was with cancer. And he would drive Deborah and her to Haas Junior High School that was only three blocks away from where we lived in the apartments. But he did not Mm -hmm. trust anybody with his daughters, and he would get up some mornings, and he was sick as everything, and he'd get in the car, and he'd take them down there, and they never had to walk three blocks to go to school because he was always there ready to take them and protect them. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So he was he was a good dad, and, and a good dad to your, your older children. Very good, very good. In fact, I had one of my kids tell me that Herb was really the only father that he ever knew. And uh, after uh, Herb died and then Stacy died, my son came to the house one day and he said that it took him a while, but uh, he really did look up to Herb as his father. He said he did a lot of things wrong, but he realized Herb was only trying to take care of him and do what's best for him. And not too many days after that, well, he died. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we have uh, Stacy's plans for her wedding. Um, she had flowers, dress. Picked out the photographs, and uh, take the photographs. Uh, took two hundred dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when she died, the lady refunded the money to me. And it, she had been paying that lady to make sure that her uh, pictures and everything were paid for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I found a, a wedding budget planner today that she had written everything down in and where everything was at. Where the, where they were getting the ring, um, you know, she was really excited about it and um, and planning it. Right. And where was the wedding going to be held? Georgetown Church of Christ. Jimmy's mother and father are members of the Georgetown Church of Christ at the time, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I was Church of Christ, Jimmy was Church of Christ, and Stacy was Church of Christ, so I thought I'd hit the jackpot. And I was mm-hmm. very fortunate that Stacy 
fell in love with somebody that we all had something in common with. Right, exactly. Exactly, because I was Protestant and my ex-husband was Catholic. It didn't work. And the only thing his mother approved of was that we weren't being married in the Catholic Church, so it wouldn't really count for him. (laughs) (laughs) Get it an old. (laughs) No, at the time in the 1980s, it didn't count. If she didn't go yeah. through pre-cana and weren't married by a priest, you weren't wow. really married in the eyes of the church. Exactly. That's the way it worked. So, yeah. But, yeah, we we were married by a, a Presbyterian minister because we're Presbyterian. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, but, um, but no, that is, that's one of the big things that they, they shared that core. Yep. That was the basis of what uh, I really thought God had sent Jimmy our way because I prayed for a person that would go to church with him and her, and they went to uh, church over in Giddings with me all the time. Uh, We'd go to church and come home and we were just a little family that I lived downstairs and she lived upstairs. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, the wedding guests, um, had everyone been invited? Had the uh, invitations gone out? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had invitations, and they went out. Yeah, because uh-huh. I, I think she it was about two and a half weeks before the wedding, because I know the last conversation that I had with her, she called and to let me know that she had made her appointment for us to have our hair and our nails done. And I had just found shoes because um, it was back in the day when you'd get those satin shoes and dye them. So I'd found mm-hmm. or gotten the shoes to match the dress. Right. And then uh, who was who was in the wedding party as far as Stacy's bridesmaids, maid of honor? I I was the maid of honor. I don't know who the bridesmaids were though. It's been too long. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I don't remember. I just know that Jimmy's mother and daddy went to York, I mean, Georgetown Church of Christ, and they uh, did a lot of the getting the uh, building and uh, the preacher and all that kind of stuff. I know, and I was looking through the Mm -hmm. book here. It looks like Jimmy's aunt was going to be the one to make the cake. Okay. Or make the cake. So that really, I mean, if she was two weeks away, I think it was May 11th, 1996 was the date. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she had everything pretty much done. They were going to do the insurance, mm-hmm. and she was finishing the dress. I think she had less than $20 on her dress. Yes. So, I know. I found yeah. Receipt book today too, where you could see where she had been going by and making payments on it. Yeah. She did it all herself too. Yeah. Right. I had I had read that in a couple other places too. Um. So what were Stacy's? What were some of Stacy's uh, hopes and dreams 
Well, you know, I'm, she was really excited about getting married. She, um, in the book that I found today um, from her senior year, she said that um, now that I'm out, I'm out of school, she's getting out of school, and I have a boyfriend and plan on getting married. And her um, her important days were the days that she met Jimmy Fennell and that they were getting married. She was really excited um, that she had met Jimmy and um, just – I, this is the first time I've ever seen this book today. My mom had it in a box, and um, it was very interesting to see how many times it's, the, like I said, this little wedding thing that she had, the receipt book, and she was really excited about having met someone and being able to start a family, but then also um, she was talking about um, she wanted to do something where she helped people, so either an RN or occupational therapy. That was sort of where she uh, wanted to her career to go. So she at some point would have started going to school and and working toward that. Mm-hmm. And she was a hard, so that, hard worker. Yes. yes. And, the, and the last time I, mean, I saw her was in February. She had come down. Um, we had gotten braces at the same time, so we were still seeing the same orthodontist. And she came for her very last final check with the orthodontist here and stayed overnight with me. And we kind of talked about, you know, getting married. And I had just had a baby. Um, and and so we were really excited that our lives were starting and we were starting our families. And she talked about after the wedding was done, um, looking at going to school and, and that she wanted to go into, you know, the nursing field or something like it. Right. And then um, I want to ask each of you this question. Uh, what is your funniest memory of Stacy, Miss Carol? First, mm-hmm. go with Deborah first. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Deborah. Um. Oh goodness. Um. I, I don't know if I have a funny story. Um. Was she a practical joker? She was always very outgoing and funny and definitely, um, you know, liked to joke and, and was very happy and um, had that, you know, personality that filled up a room. I'm trying to think if there was anything we ever did, but we were, we were still in those teenage years, so I'm still, we were still in that squabbling stage when I was okay. <laughs> Um, let me see I, I, I probably with the funniest thing is she always stole my clothes um, I know Crystal and I were looking at some uh, photos one day and I was like that's my dress that's my shirt and then last night when I was at Brenda's and we were going through some old photos and Brenda's like that's my shirt I'm like yes see <laughs> okay that's good that's uh, that's sounds like one of my sisters, um, and then take pictures wearing your clothes. Yes, <laughs> it's like don't even try to hide it. Um, I have two younger sisters. Yes, of course I'm wearing your shirt. So I mean, what are you upset about? <laughs> uh huh. What about you, Crystal? 
Um, I saw her Easter weekend before she got killed, and we were hanging out in lawn chairs and sunning and talking about men and their uh, flatulating problems. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's true. Oh, I bet that one was fun. Yeah, that is true. talking about and men not putting... and what it's like to be married, snoring, passing gas. Yeah. Not putting the toilet seat down. Pretty much. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I bet. I got see, to I would see her right before. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall because I could just picture Stacy from everything I've read about her. I could just picture her talking about it. Let's just say and you were probably laughing. <laughs> couldn't breathe. <laughs> Pretty much. Tears running down your face because you're laughing so hard. Uh, but, yeah. And then somebody asks what you're laughing at, and you're laughing too hard to even t- try to tell them. Pretty much. But, yeah. So, it was always funny. Oh, yeah. And I was. I used to smoke back then. And when I go to light my cigarette, she was always blowing out my lighter. And that's the other thing that I was always punching her in the arm and stuff because she was always blowing out my match or my lighter when I was trying to smoke my cigarette. So, yeah. Anyway. Did she like to play the younger sibling card? Oh, I'm the youngest. No, I think she tried to act older. No. I don't I don't remember that. Deborah might, but I don't ever remember that. So, no, I mean, she was pretty laid back. Always she, smiling, I mean, always laughing. Was, for me, she was the pesky little sister since we were only three and a half years apart, you know. She was, mm-hmm. she did what little she was supposed to do. <laughs> I know, I told someone Stacy was always, always out with me. She was always a little bit bigger. So when we would squabble, um, she outweighed me, but I always grew my nails on She always bit her nails, and so that would always be my defense. She would hit me, but I would scratch her. So <laughs> that was, you know. So we we did. I have five kids. I have three boys at home right now, and so um, we were very normal in our squabbling. <laughs> yes, and unfortunately, even into your fifties, it still happens occasionally. <laughs> Yeah. Especially with sisters. Yes. But then you get together. Um, Thanksgiving, my sisters and I were were having one of those laughing so hard uh, because we have the first grandchild for my middle sister. Wow. And yeah. just being with him was made us all three giddy. Yeah. My my mom says she's had time to think of some funny stories. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> okay. Back in the days when we had just moved to York County, moved into an old house. It was over 100 years old with a bathroom attached to the back. And uh, the girls had a bedroom coming off of the living room. And my husband and I were sitting there watching TV one night. And we heard this blood-curdling screaming, and he turned white. He thought somebody had come in that back door back there and was in there with his girls. 
and he ran to that door, and he opened that door went into their bedroom, and they were huddled up together on a bed screaming and pointing, and he said, what's the matter with you girls? And they said, it's a cockroach. It's dive-bombing us. (laughs) (laughs) They were mad at that uh, one of those flying roaches, but it had got in there in that old house and everything like that. They had these door fields just over the top of the doors, you know, a long time ago, and that thing Mm -hmm. landed up at the door sill. And they were sitting over there screaming their heads off, and he thought – that he was going to have to go in there and kill somebody before he got out of there. But that was the funniest thing that I can think of at the time that was really hysterical. Yeah. I had something like that with a friend of mine and her mom. And I ran down the street and go in the house, and it's just a roach on the floor, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) But they had lived in the Middle East. And so a, a a flying cockroach was like beyond what they could cope with. <laughs> and I had lived in Texas. <laughs> and everything's bigger in Texas. Absolutely. Especially the bugs. <laughs> Especially the bugs. Although the palmettos in Florida give a run for the money. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, but everything in Florida is crazy. And then um, I got last, our last question, then we just freestyle if you want. Uh, what is your happiest memory with Stacy? Um, um, probably my happiest memory is, um, like I said, that last time that we got to see each other face to face and it was just the two of us and my daughter and um we had finally reached that point where um you know, we were both becoming young adults and uh the hope that, you know, here our, that our lives were coming together. I was married, I had a child, she was looking forward to getting married and having children and um, just that bonding that last time is probably my happiest memory. Crystal? My happiest memory. Um, I taught her how to drive a tractor when I was living outside of Victoria. I okay. Do you remember that, Deborah? <laughs> no, I, I saw the photo today when I was looking through the. She's riding that tractor. I sure, I sure do. Yeah, I how to drive the tractor. I taught her how to drive a pickup truck. She was always wanting me to teach her stuff like that, so... Okay, so you you taught her to drive, too. Okay. Yeah, I did when she was like 14 because Deborah was too chicken. No, actually, she was 12. (laughs) I remember Deborah to drive, but Deborah was too chicken, so (laughs) Stacy wanted to do it. I mean, we're out on dirt roads in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. That was definitely our personality. She definitely would have gone for it, yep. Right. She did. And Deborah... You were like me. It's like you don't want to get in trouble, and you know you will. And so oh, the better option is just to not do it. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's Dara. And Stacy was like my middle and youngest sisters who, if I get in trouble, I get in trouble. I'll deal with it then. Exactly. 
What about you, Miss Carol? What's your happiest memory with Stacy? When we lived over at Giddings, uh, there was a guy from Jimmy's police force that was over at Bastrop, but he had a house in Giddings. And then the back of the backyard back there, he had a great big, huge uh, pond. And uh, Jimmy and Stacy and I would get in his truck and go back there where that pond was. And Jimmy and her and I would sit back there and fish or just hang out and enjoy it. It's so peaceful and quiet and everything like that. And uh, Jimmy made me happy. Uh, I got mad at him one time, but uh, I was under a lot of stress. <laughs> anyway, right. yeah, we would go fishing and uh, hang out and we'd go to eat and hang out and, uh, we did a lot of hanging out together. Right. So you were always a welcome part in their yeah, relationship. Absolutely. I was oh, a yeah. part of the family. I wasn't pushed right. off to the side. Right. Um, now, there is, though, one question. Uh, the... Um, Jimmy's mom was kind of very close to him as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that created Absolutely. a little bit of tension in their relationship. Well, you try to please your mom, you try to please your girlfriend, you try to please your girlfriend's mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, and that's normal. I was lucky that my my future husband's mother lived in Pascagoula and didn't like to travel to New Orleans. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the last day I saw Jimmy and Stacy was they had come down and ate supper, and uh, I took care of a little girl about four years old, and Stacy was sitting on the couch reading Bible stories to Jimmy and Jennifer, and she just made me so happy that day sitting there and talking about how she liked being a Christian and how she went to church camp and missions and went to um, camp at Camp Bandina. And Jimmy was telling us that he never got to do stuff like that because his parents and people were more of the West Texas. And he said half the congregation there, their church of Christ was um, family members. So, he didn't grow up with the background that Stacy, uh, our church, uh, had LTC, and Stacy went off to those uh, meetings and did um, Bible mm-hmm. verses and uh, stuff like that. And uh, she went to camp. And anyway, she was just so happy that last time I seen her. Yeah. We had a huge church group and. Um, uh, youth group and participating in that was always really fun here. I, I, if you wanted to talk about friends that you still had from when you were young, um, those people I'm all still friends with. And so it was, it was a very similar experience for her that um, they were like other, they were like siblings too, because you saw them and spent so much time together with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, all right. Well, I think, you know, are there any, anything we haven't talked about that you, you'd like to talk about for, for Stacey's birthday next weekend? I think that um, we just want people to remember who she was, that um, I've, I've had lots of people on Facebook reach out that remembered her and, and talked about her contagious smile, how um, she would walk in the room and, and brighten the room. Um, she um, she was a good person, and she uh, she had made mistakes, but she had learned from it, and she was becoming an adult, and everybody talks about what a good friend she was, um, how she was like a sister to them. That's how several people have described her to me. So I, and I've been very appreciative to all the people that have reached out and um, remembered her and talked about her. And Crystal? Yes, ma'am. Is there anything that we that um you know that you wanna you wanna add to who no. who Stacy really was? She was sweet and vibrant and when she smiled her eyes would twinkle. She's just a beautiful person inside and out. That's about it. She was a lot of fun. Miss her. Yeah. Yeah, she was old. Yeah, I know. I I couldn't imagine it what what it would feel like with either one of my sisters. We had a scare with one a few years ago and it was um it was really hard and luckily everything turned out okay. But um we all three lost our mom and our when we were in our 20s. Well, I was in my 30s. Lynn was in her 30s, and my youngest sister was in her 20s. So I... My mom passed in October of 96. So... Same year, yeah. The same year. Um... But, uh, and then we had our issues, and then our dad passed in 2012, and it was after he passed, I think, that we all three got a lot closer than we had ever been. Yep. Um, Because two of us live together now. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And there are are days it's nice and days it's not, but... What about you, Miss Carol? What would you what would you want to say uh, to people about who Stacy really was? Okay, the night before she died, that next morning, she came down and she was ready for bed, and she was in her uh, t-shirt and shorts that she always left in, and she came in the door and she says uh, something to me, and I told her what I was thinking and she says you know I love you mom and I said I know you do darling and that was our last words together 
she had enough respect for me to love me and respect me. And that's the one thing I want people to remember. She had a lot of respect. And I cannot see her um, doing any of this stuff that she's been accused of. So I want you to think of this. People don't change. And they're basically the same. And Stacy was who she was, but she was very good person. Mm-hmm. I agree. That, you know, and that's what people, people have told me all this stuff. Well, you just didn't know. You just didn't know. I did know. I knew my daughter, and I loved her, and she loved me. Exactly. And that is the person, the person you knew is not the person that's being. Nothing like what the read said she was like or nothing those people talk about. Nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. The stories don't add up. I mean, she wasn't anything like that. And and she was very close to all of the sisters, too. um, Right. It's pretty bad when you have to put your defense on killing somebody that you had a secret affair that she didn't know about. But but anyone mm-hmm. who's looked into the story, that's his normal operandi. It's yeah. what he's used before. It's what he'll use again. And, and there's no evidence. There's never been any evidence presented by his side to prove what they've said. And never. Correct. And this is Stacy's head for 20-some-odd years, and I think it's about time that it's cleared up. Right. And I, that's another thing, the the relationship with your family and the things that your family's been through, you would have known she would have talked to one of you, if not all of you, right? Yeah. There was this dilemma of, I love Jimmy, but I want to be with this other person. Right. She wouldn't have told She that. would have told no. at least one of you what was going on because you would have been the people that she would have wanted to, you know, get advice and. I have to say that that was one of the main reasons, you know, being the oldest sister, that was one of the main reasons I went up there that Easter weekend before she got married because I wanted to make sure that's what she wanted. And I think Mm -hmm. all she talked about was Jimmy. I just, she was ecstatic and just told, I had never really met him before. I'd never met him before. That was my first time I'd ever met him that she just felt to tell me everything about him. So, and the, I'm going to read this out of her book, this commencement book, this memory from her senior year. She says, the best thing that happened that night, which is commencement, is that I realized which person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, and now I'm going to marry him. He's the greatest friend I've ever had. Yeah. That sounds about right. I believe it. Yep. Just, I know we weren't, I I didn't want to go into the case, but let me just ask you, did you all ever see or hear any instance where uh, Jimmy was abusive or mean or even disrespectful to Stacy? Yeah. May I say something? In this documentary they did on uh, Reed here, on some of these HLN or something like that, he mm-hmm. made a comment to somebody that him and his cousin was walking down the railroad track and 
Jimmy right. came to the school car and told him, I hear you're messing with my woman. That yeah. was two weeks before she died. I am guarantee you she wouldn't have uh, been two weeks, and he wouldn't have been playing kitschy-kitschy going up the steps with her if he'd known that she was sleeping with some black guy. And right. mm-hmm. uh, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard because he would have broke up with her or uh, done something that night that she uh, he intercepted Rodney Reed and his cousin. Now, that's the biggest dadgum lie that you've ever heard in your life. None, none right. of their stories never, ever, ever. I ever, agree. Ever. And that yeah. that was never anything brought up at his trial. No. And, you know, there's yeah. no reason he wouldn't have brought it up. If, this, if it had really happened, that would have been question number one on Jimmy Finnell's yeah. cross-examination. Exactly. And the last time, uh, just a couple of days ago, they did an interview, I think it was on the 10th of December or somewhere like that, and they asked him about Stacy, and she said, was Stacy your girlfriend? And he says, no, she was a, a nice girl that I had sex with. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and I'm going, you can't be both. She was either not a nice girl and had sex with you, or she was a nice girl and you respected her, but you got yourself in this hole and you can't dig it out. Well, what doesn't right. ever make sense is this early morning shift. Right. Neither one of them have a car. Right. I mean, if, if you have to be at work at four in the morning, somebody would have noticed you even coming here, and it just it it, it never there's history right. never ends. Yeah. Right, and mm-hmm. and the thing about about it too is, the people at H E B all said she was never ever late for work. The, the guy that so how can you have a liaison on your way to work and not be late right. to work? Exactly. And she was a very clean person. She cleaned up every day when she came home. Right. Right. And so she likely I'm, would not have been going to work without. Taking a shower and or bathing yeah. prior to going to work. I, I manage people. I can tell you exactly who on my team is is not going to be showing up on time, and I can tell you exactly who's going to be there, and they're waiting on me to show up. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So, um, and that's yeah. another thing too is the you know the person you're describing is not the person at all. No. Exactly. The it, person that you're exactly. talking about. Your time by her coming home every day. She was home at same time every day, even before she died. I took care of Jennifer, and she was always home right before Jennifer's mother picked her up, and that was a daily mm-hmm. deal. Right. And like I said, you never saw any any saw any um, abuse or anything in her relationship with Jimmy. Curtis Davis said it looked like Stacy called the shots and Jimmy did what Stacy told him to do. I could believe that. <laughs> I believe that. And with Jimmy her personality. Super, super, Jimmy was super, super conservative and laid back. So, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. So, if you know, if she said jump, Jimmy said how high, dear. Well. So, I mean, they had, they, not that they didn't have uh, occasional disagreements or issues, but it also doesn't strike me as as 
her tolerating being abused by anybody. No, 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 never. No. So if if he crossed the line, she would be the first one to tell him, no, no, you crossed the line, we're done. Absolutely. Well, she was ready for bed that night when she came down with her pajama or her T-shirt and her things mm-hmm. on. She went and when she was found, she was fully dressed with her socks and shoes and pants and belt and everything that she Why? had to be with. If Jimmy Denise killed her, Ray. I can't see him doing all that to go it, dump her body. It, it doesn't even make sense. It don't make sense. Right. And then you, you knew what her schedule was. Yeah. yeah. I and you knew when she had to be at work. and. Yes. Well, I live downstairs and it's right next to the steps and it's right next to the um, sidewalk that you have to go in front of my bedroom when to get down to the steps to get to the car and every morning I listen to her come down those steps and walk right by my window and get in the car and drive away and it wasn't mm-hmm. any different that because I was thinking well Stacy's going to work so um, and then they called me from HEVs about Six thirty because they couldn't get in at four to get into the thing to home. So, steps wearing his t-shirt or putting these on his t-shirt and had his shoes in his mm-hmm. hands. He came out of these uh, apartments. As soon as I called up there, he says, "Okay, I'll be down." And he got the keys right. for me, and we went off to look for Stacy. But he did right. not look like he'd because um, I was told that she put it put up a pretty good fight. You know, from mm-hmm. the way she looked, she was all beat up and everything like that physically on her one side that would have been on the passenger side. Her body, it was had bruises right. and. Uh, uh, Hits and everything all over it looked like somebody had been beaten on her while she was in that seat belt. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, that's that. That's another thing that you know doesn't make sense. Everything's consistent with her being in the driver's seat of right. the truck. Right. Not in the bathroom. Or being getting ready to enough. take a bath, wearing her work clothes. Exactly. I, I think what keeps killing me is that the story keeps changing and changing and changing. I mean, every time whatever they come up with gets shot down, the story changes, and they just run with it. And nobody questions. Correct. The media in general doesn't ever question them. Yeah. Correct. Right. And they kind of. There's kind of a bait and switch where we're not going to talk about this because we don't have an answer, so we'll harp on that. You know, we'll harp on them not searching the apartment, even though the jury knew about it. Right. And didn't find it to be sufficient to raise reasonable doubt. She was abducted. And I think what drives Mm -hmm. me crazy is well, he hasn't been found guilty of these other rapes, even though the DNA connects him to those. So we're just going to pretend that didn't happen oh, and that there's not exactly a history right. here. Exactly That's right. what drives me crazy. The fact that there's other cases 
and they don't want to talk about it. Like, because they it, have you know, if, if you were going to date a guy who had cheated on every girlfriend before, if you're going to be the one dating, you know, I'm just using an, an example. You kind of want to know that, you know. <laughs> it's right. Exactly. And, you know, the other thing is, is that they accuse Jimmy of all these things. No, nothing he was ever convicted of prior to Stacy's murder. Bootstrapping Correct. it with that single conviction in t- 2007. And yeah, what he did then was horrible. Um, there is no, you know, no, but it was 11 years after Stacy was murdered. How can you use that to predict his behavior at the time she was murdered? Yeah. You know, you know I, somebody's harassing you for 10 years and 10 years and 10 years. I don't know what happened to the mind of Jimmy because Jimmy changed. But he never went to a, a doctor. He never got any counseling or anything else because he thought he could do it himself. Right. Exactly. And, uh, again, I think it's also you initially thought maybe, I think, Carol, you never thought that he was involved. No, we, we, but Deborah and Crystal, I mean, not that you thought he was, he did it, but you thought maybe could be. No. Well, I think, so I think when it initially happened, you, I mean, you can't not roll them out because so many, the majority of murders are by somebody they know. So you can't, I mean, Correct. If, if I went missing today, they would look at my spouse without a doubt. Um, but it, it just, it never came through. It never added up. It never was there. And um, I know everybody wants to talk about the, the private detective that my sister hired because we wanted to make sure that the city had turned it over to um, the Texas Rangers, because they wanted to make sure that the Texas Rangers looked into it, which I think is protocol, because I just had, we had an incident in close to a town that I live in, and um, exact same thing. They took it out of the hands of the policemen mm-hmm. and gave it to the Texas Rangers to investigate. Yep. Um, right. And, and we went the extra mile by hiring somebody saying, hey, we want you to look at this too. What do you find? And he couldn't find anything. It, it, he never, it, it never, it, it, it was physically impossible um, for Jimmy to get from Bastrop back to Giddings in time. Correct. Correct. And, you know, I think, yeah, because because Fennell was a police officer and had worked for the Bastrop Sheriff at one time, and also because you have a case that's crossing county lines. Exactly, yeah. Because it was between Lee and Bastrop, Bastrop County. So, um, yeah, that's, that's normal. Uh, But yeah, they never could place Jimmy, how he would get back to Giddings. Right. And, you know, they don't want to talk about the fact that vehicle was six tenths of a mile from Rodney Reed's house where he was living or his grandmother's house or half a dozen other relatives' homes. Or the fact that when he took Linda Schluter's car, he took it back to that. He, he left it in the same spot. exact same place. Right, right. Because um, that that was really Jimmy. 
And see, she's right. just accusing Rodney Reed because David Board told her to. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's the other part that I can't, I can't deal with is the, the whole police conspiracy. Everything that counts against Rodney Reed is planted by the police or tampered with by the police or witnesses or, you know, they didn't come forward for 20 years because the police threatened them, even though they don't say that's what happened. Right. It, their, their conspiracy theory is, is amazing because the number of people that you would have had to get to buy into this thing and agree to it is, is mm-hmm. incomprehensible. It would never happen. <laughs> you couldn't right. organize something. And in all this time, one of those people would have cracked. Absolutely. So, but all right, ladies. Well, thank you so much for taking time out on Sunday. Um, why don't we just close it on um, on Stacy and um, how how are y'all going to com- commemorate her birthday next Sunday? Oh, I think that we all just sort of um, adapted. Have adapted, yeah. It just it it never gets easier. Even we never forget. We never forget, and um, we all just sort of quietly mourn on our own. It's it's yeah. um, it never goes away. It's never gone away. Mm-hmm. And and we yeah. telling people we we dealt with this case longer than she was alive. Yeah. Right. That's one of the most difficult aspects of it. So, all right, ladies. Well, thank you so much. Um, And, uh, of course, you know, when when there's something new, we'll be all over it. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. Have a great rest of your Sunday. You too. Bye-bye. Can I? Bye-bye. All right, Michael. You still there? Yes, ma'am. I I mean, I tell you what, it's, it's one of those things that, like, I don't know how to describe it, but just the stuff that you listen to people, it's the stuff that people say about her that it's, like, shocking, and then, mm-hmm. like, you hear the true story, and it's just crazy to me. I, I don't know. Right. Right. And I, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't intended to go anywhere near but unfortunately, I think that's, you know, that's become a part of their lives as much as anything else. Right, absolutely. Is having to deal with the with the false stories about her um, from people who didn't know her or people who were barely acquainted with her. Uh-huh. So, um, 
but yeah, that's um, I wanted to commemorate her birthday and and see people can see who she really was. Absolutely. And not enough um, people do that. Yeah, and I think also to see who her family lost, not just her but her brother. Uh-huh. So, all right, well, let's close out the show. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of Clear and Convincing. If you like our show and want to know more, you can find us on Facebook. Go to our blog at clearandconvincingpodcast.wordpress.com or follow me on Twitter at O'Brien LN. Michael and I want to thank uh, Ms. Carol Stites, Crystal Dobbs Hesley, and Deborah Oliver today for joining us and taking time to talk about Stacy Stites, their sister. Uh, Stacy would have turned 43 years old today. We'll be back for a regular episode on Tuesday, January 21st, 2020 at 8 p.m. Central for episode 46, State of Arkansas versus Curtis Lavelle Vance. At 4.30 a.m. on October 20th, 2008, Ann Presley was found severely beaten and fighting for her life in her home in Little Rock. Ann, a morning anchor at KATV, missed an early morning call from her mother, who was concerned and went to her daughter's home. A month later, DNA evidence linked Curtis Lavelle Vance to Ann's murder and the rape of another woman that had occurred in April 2008. We'll talk about the case against Vance, his trial and conviction, appeals, and post-conviction claims. Until then, we hope you had a great long weekend and a peaceful return to work on Tuesday. Goodbye. Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.